Hi, I'm Frances Katzen and welcome to my podcast, The World of Real Estate. In this series, we will explore the world's largest asset class and how it plays out on a global scale. I am so excited to introduce a fellow Australian, (laughs) Paris Farino. I'm so psyched that you're here. You have developed a reputation for creating interiors of timeless elegance and understood luxury infused with beauty, light, and harmony. You create fully conceived and exquisitely executed spaces marked by thoughtful consideration of proportion, purpose, and emotional experience. Rich details, historical features, and clean lines complement a multifaceted and inspired choice of palette. Paris accepts both private and commercial commissions, but more importantly, is one of the most flexible designers on the market today. Paris, thank you so much for joining You're me today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. So we just discovered that you originate from Bathurst. Now I'm going to have to tease you. Can you explain <laughs> a little bit how a beautiful young woman arrives from Bathurst and builds her business in New York City as one of the top leading interior designers and architects? Gosh. Um, so I was born in Sydney, Francis. <laughs> Not yes. 100% Bathurst. Okay, I, sorry, yeah. that's right. And for people who aren't Australian, Bathurst is kind of a little country town in Australia. Um, not glamorous. Um, but I went to school there um, and then university in Sydney. Um, and a then Sydney girl. Yeah. Did you go out at night in Sydney and party? Yeah. Did you go to Kinsella's base? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Um, another millennium ago. Yeah. Um, so... And then, for, I don't know, I think for any fledgling interior designer, you want to come to New York City. So Why? Um, it, it, opportunity is here yeah. like nowhere else. Yeah. And it still remains that way. And I wish there was more fledglings coming to New York City. Do you? So, yes. Do you see it tightening up now? After COVID, it's been a, a bit of a nightmare. Really? I mean, it used to be that um, design studios in New York City were kind of 50% foreign kids who come to New York City to be designers from yep. England or China or Korea or yep. Italy. Yep. Um, that sort of dried up. So it's become a bit of a um, <sighs> problem finding people, but we're getting there. Are you finding that the talent isn't there or it's just the bodies, unfortunately? The aren't bodies. There? Yeah, got it. But, you know, we're adapting. We're, um, we have a sort of satellite of designers around the globe who we're outsourcing to, mm-hmm. as well as our core here in the city. So we're adapting. But it must be hard not to have your hands in the pot with them so you can mould them more. It's really hard. Yeah, yeah. 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 How would you describe yourself, Paris? Um, gosh, um, I'm an interior designer and a mum. Um, personnel, I'm laid back, <laughs> easygoing, um, like to have a laugh. Yeah. Would you say an Australian trying to to create and build in such a sort of forthright city like New York, it's hard not to get type A? Because Australians are very laid back by nature. I grew up in Australia. Yeah. You and I both come from Sydney. But it's like, it's the tall poppy syndrome a little bit, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, you don't want to be too tall, otherwise they'll cut you down. Yep. That's very Australian. Um, so that doesn't happen here. You can kind of come here and fly. I think I'm so far removed from a type A personality that that's just not me. Um, so you didn't feel like you had to change that? No. I mean, I'm very um, driven and conscientious, mm-hmm. rigorous in my design work, but mm-hmm. definitely not type A. <laughs> no. Um and so you grew up in Sydney, mm-hmm. in North Sydney. That's where I was born. Born. And then for sort of school, I went out to this, out to the country. Did so. you like it? Um, look, I, 
honestly. No. Um, Did you fit in? No, I was a happy kid. Like, um, I had ballet lessons and tennis lessons. Um, I had everything I wanted. Australia's a lucky country, right? It's very beautiful. I had everything. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But I always wanted to go to the city and in high school move back there to do ballet like you did. Um, So, yeah, I was a city girl at heart. Did you you think dancing would be the main? Yes. I was an aspiring ballerina, but I didn't have that ultra rare talent like you obviously did to make it, but that's what I wanted to do. I think it was just being stubborn. I'm really stubborn if I want something. But it inspired me when I went to university to study interior design, and it gets boring, right, studying design doing kitchen drawings and it gets boring and I almost quit at one point and I thought, you know what? No, I quit ballet. I'm going to stick this one out. So how do you and go that, from ballet to design? I don't know. I was good at um, you were art good at, uh, and I was good mm-hmm. at math. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll, I'll do design. And then I took the gap year between um, high school and college and I went to Paris and uh-huh. I was just completely blown away. Like, Isn't it amazing? Yeah, dazzled. Dazzled. Yeah. I thought, okay, this I'd like to do this. Dumb question. Why didn't you go and study there? I thought about it, um, but I ended up coming. I was, guess I was, I was young, right, 18? So I did thought, think about studying in Paris. My French wasn't that good. <laughs> so, but Sydney is not a bad city, so yeah. it was nice to, to study there. And you didn't want to stay in Sydney and cultivate it there either, huh? Um. No, I had itchy feet. Um, <laughs> I love I mean, that term. Yeah. No, I would, New York was a place mm-hmm. for me to come. Your dad's from New York, right? Exactly, yeah. He grew up on the Lower East Side um, wow. in an Italian community. Um, Did he miss it while he was in Bathurst with you? I think so, yeah. Um, but now he says he'll never come back to New York. Of course he keeps coming back, <laughs> but yeah. he's um, He was the opposite. He grew up in New York City um, and wanted his kids to grow up in the country. Now I'm like, <laughs> my kid's going to grow up here in New York City. <laughs> I yeah. vacillate. I, I struggle between the two. Um, so you came here to study. Can you tell us a little bit about Paris Farino interior design? Sure. So um, we, I think we've been going for exactly nine years. Wow. Um, we do a combination of, um, you know, developer projects, so beautiful condo buildings or rental buildings and um, I'd say 50% private residences. Although currently we're doing a big, a massive hotel in Budapest, so we're sort of doing some hospitality now as well. Um, And we're a a very lovely, tight little team, Um, 10 of us in the studio and then satellite designers all around the world. Um, And we're just committed to doing very high-quality interior design for our clients. And what was it like, excuse me, to break into the new construction, new development side and the commercial side? How how hard was that? It was easy. Um, I worked for Setra Ruddy for eight years. Nancy, yes. um, And always wanted to do my Mm -hmm. own thing. I thought I can't do my own thing till I resigned from that position. So I resigned and told a few people I'd like to do work. And then the phone just started ringing. So actually it was easy. Wow. Yeah, the private residential stuff came later. Really? Yeah. Huh. But, yeah, Cetra Ruddy was a great, um, yeah. Building block. Exactly, Mm -hmm. yeah. You've built a company with an impressive roster of designers. How would you describe your day-to-day role within the company now? Yeah, so I manage (coughs) clients. um, I manage my staff, so that's a balance. And the clients definitely want Paris, so um, Mm -hmm. I'm very involved in all of the the presentations and the meetings and, and managing 
managing those relationships, mentoring the staff, and then in between, I'm doing designs. Like I'm actually oh. doing pallets and furniture plans and. Isn't it a lot? It's a lot. You know, suddenly you come out of being a designer and suddenly you're managing. Yeah. And managing is not necessarily something we're built to do if we're a talent in the design. Yeah. Um, It's, you get get used to it pretty quickly. You have to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think being a good designer, you're kind of a bit of a psychologist and um, navigating, you know, staff and keeping them happy and enthused and keeping clients happy and enthused. So, yeah, that's a big part of what we do. Totally. Coupled with the actual design work. And what happens if the clients are toughy and difficult? I mean... I mean, <laughs> that's they are. They are they, they're 50% of them are. And I think nine years um, into my own business, I can sort of pick them out <laughs> and <laughs> before I sign contracts with them and not work on those projects because we've had some horrors. Have you? Um, yeah, yeah. What are we talking? Like just, just really mean spirited people. <laughs> Pass. You, you just become a sort of psychiatrist, and and it goes on for years. They keep you there. Wow. So yeah, but um, you kind of like I said, I can single them out now and not. Me too. <laughs> Me too. You can pick crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I think the big question for for people in real estate is. How important is design and the designer as part of the elevation of the real estate asset? Mm-hmm. And I would say that this is probably one of the most important components to making the full ingredient hit its perfection. Yeah. And that's um, you marketing and branding people say you need that brand, right? Um, you worked true. really hard to cultivate that brand. Yeah. You need that, Brent. And for me as a designer, it's like you're spending tens of millions of dollars building out these apartments. Let me put thought into it. And then you're building tens of millions of dollars of beautiful design. You can spend tens of millions on awful design too. So, Believe um, me, I've seen it and really, I've had to sell it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Having money doesn't mean you have good taste. Yeah. Wow. And I think that's the, Yeah. you know, you're, yeah. you've got a very sophisticated mix between classical but knowing how to pare it down. Yeah. I've watched you do, you know, herringbone, mm-hmm. but make it fresh and yeah. young. That's Yeah, I think that's what we're, we're known for. That's sort of our signature. Um, but, of course, we can adapt to different markets as well. Um, we're doing a, a two huge buildings in, in San Francisco, which oh, San Francisco. have more of that sort of West Coast vibe, like we'd never do a herringbone there. No. Um, so the location and the architecture speaks to us and the decisions that we make. Um make different decisions for a condo building uptown than we would downtown. You know? Totally. So. Do you like being pushed that way? Like, do you like being stretched in the San Francisco way, you yeah. know, to kind of push that? that... Yeah, it keeps things fresh, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to just do the same design every time. Um, yeah, keep keeps things fresh and interesting. Would you say there's a signature to what you do in each design? And what is that? It's a good question. I think you can see a designer's hand. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, um, but uh, yes. And like you said, it's it's clean lines but with detail, melding sort of historical details with more modern ones. Um, I didn't articulate that very well, but yes, I think yes, you can you see our, our hand in everything we do. What is it for you? What do you think it is? It's that? It's that? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That, that crossover. Yes, mm-hmm. the, the balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what has been, what's your favourite project? So, gosh, um, we've done so many in our nine years, but we just finished a beautiful home in, in Beverly Hills um, for some uh, good friends of mine, and it, it, it turned out beautifully. Did I see that on AD? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You used a lot of pink. Yeah. It was yeah. beautifully done. Client wanted pink. Um, <laughs> it must have been hard no, to do. It? No, it was so fun. I love using <laughs> colour. Um, and the clients were so happy yeah. and so appreciative. Yeah. They also didn't micromanage. They're like, Paris, you know, here's our vision. This is what we want. But you, you're the expert. So it was a really nice process and it just, it looks so beautiful. It so. looks so warm. And they're so that happy. That bookshelf yeah. is great. Um, so how would you describe the design of your city home? Given that you do so much for everybody yeah. else. I always love to ask, what's your home like? Exactly what you just <clears throat> said. So we closed on a, a beautiful property in February of this year with the intent to renovate it and decorate it and move in August 1. Um, <laughs> and of course, I was too busy doing my clients' homes. So it's like the cobbler's child with holes in their <laughs> shoes. shoes. So we're living there. It's unrenovated. It, it looks awful. But the intent is to move out next summer and do all of that. And I absolutely need to practice what I preach. And it's it's going to be beautiful. Wow. So I'm going to design a lot of the furniture myself. I love, I have a penchant for. Um, uh, Scandinavian vintage mm, furniture, which I'll mm-hmm. then upholster in beautiful contemporary fabric. So I'm excited about it. Have you already started accruing the pieces? Yes, started uh-huh. accruing. They're in storage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Next summer. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Um, how would you, what was your first job? Okay, you're going to laugh. Um, <laughs> so after high school, I was a checkout girl at Woolworths. Way to go. <laughs> I love that you just talk about it. It's like the, it's like we don't what want to admit. No. <laughs> Look. And then um, in between, so that was my first job, in between high school and um, university, I took a gap year and I was an au pair for about two weeks. Wow. I mean, I was 18. I needed an au pair looking after me. I was too young. I would never let my child with an 18-year-old. So that lasted two weeks. Because um, of you or because of the <laughs> Well, I said you too. You're a child at 18. You shouldn't be looking at a child. So, yeah, that didn't work. Um, and then I worked all during college for an interior designer. So I worked full time. I was pretty driven to, to work. So um, that was invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when did you your love for interior design begin then or was it just during your schooling? Yeah, I mean, I was always obsessed with um, decorating my bedroom when I was a little kid. <laughs> I really was. I had, you know, designed where the shelves would go and where my dolls would sit and <laughs> shade of pink. So it was something that was sort of innate. Yeah. But then again, when I went to Paris between um, high school and, and university, uh, and I was just blown away by the beauty and the architecture and the spaces, that's when, okay, that's that's what I'll do. What advice would you give someone just starting out in this career? Yeah. So, okay. So it's, you know, it's um, it's going to be boring. You're going to do construction drawings. You're going to sit at your computer doing CAD and SketchUp. And, but you do it. You need to learn how to draw. Um, you need to do all this mundane stuff. And if you stick it out and put in sort of those hard yards, it's it's a really nice um, career to have. So, But there is, you have to do the hard work. I think there's a lot of that for yeah. any career that yeah. you want to master, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just find people want to go, I, I find in my industry, they want to come in and they want to be like the TV shows. They want to go from zero to, to 100. 100. 
And they're sporting the suits and they're yeah. talking the talk, but they don't have yet enough nuance yeah. around that. And I would say you're saying the same thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's it's going to be boring, but you got to do it. Got to do the work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, was there someone along your journey who you would credit as your mentor, or is it a culmination of people? Yeah, definitely a culmination. Um, you know, I've worked for some lovely designers, Nancy Ruddy, um, and in Australia, Roger Pike during um, during college. Um, but you know, I like reading biographies. Um, Me and too. I read the Coco Chanel, and it's just blown away by this totally self-made driven woman and right her legacy last today so those kind of people really inspire Mm -hmm. me um philip glass just for his sheer the ballet you've got the (laughs) the music the whole thing yeah so these people really inspire me and then um on a day-to-day level my husband's fantastic we have a lovely relationship and he's got a really um is he a designer he's not he does help with my business though um, and he has a f- perfect moral compass, so I can always sort of um, chat to him about stuff. He's always got the right answer. We we get on very well, so it's not a mentor, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your top three live and die design principles? Yeah, okay. So first, you, you've got to get that floor plan right, like every inch. 100%. It has to, the rigour in the, the planning mm-hmm. and the furniture plan. You have mm-hmm. to flow through a space mm-hmm. beautifully. Mm-hmm. So put a lot of thought into that. Um, and then the next thing, and I say this to my designers, keep a tape measure on your desk, like proportion and scale down to the eighth of an inch is critical on everything. So proportion and scale, keep that tape measure handy. Um, <laughs> and then what else? The third one. And then have fun, right? Then the palette and the materials and the rigour um, with all of that, that's sort of the fun part at the end. But, yeah. I would have to say the floor plan for me yeah. is the make or break. Of course. I mean, I, we bought yeah. a home in an Emery Roth because oh, of the right. proportion. Yeah. Because it's like a candela. It's just beautiful, big, oversized rooms. Lovely. Because new construction sometimes yeah. cheats you. It's like, they want really? To get, yeah. Tuna can with a smile. I know. 800 square, square foot, two feet. Bedroom. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. No closets. <laughs> that's going to go great. <laughs> How does your approach differ when you're designing a single residence for an end user versus, oh, here we go, a new luxury condo or rental project? Yeah, so... Um, different if, different requirements based on the customer, right? Exactly. The client. So mm. we apply those same principles I just spoke about. <laughs> they apply to no matter what the design is, but with a, a private residence, um, you, you get into a very sort of intimate relationship with your client um, and you're really listening to them and, and their vision and what they want and what their goals are and striking a balance um, of accepting their vision and also educating them, well, no, that's not really going to work. But it's very personalised. Um, with the luxury condo, and we've done many, um, we have the developer um, and we have the, the broker team and the broker team are going to sell 100 or 150 of these apartments. So they're sort of our um, ears and eyes for those end users. Um, no, this this person isn't going to want herringbone floors on the Lower East Side. <laughs> you have to have a wine fridge. Like So they really guide us. Mm-hmm. And then obviously the developer guides us on budget. So it's it's different, but the design principles are the same. Are you able to keep that integrity when you're designing for more efficient use? It's tough. Yeah, look, you can design a great, um, you can do a great design with a limited budget. You can. Like if, 
it, you don't need a, a vast budget to do something beautiful. I've seen you do it. It's yeah. unbelievable <laughs> what you've pulled out. Um, what was the most challenging project you've ever had to um, date? Gosh. Um, <laughs> hmm. um, it, it, it came down to the client. Um, <laughs> it always does, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's a very, um, very difficult personality that just really, you know, grated my team and I down <sighs> for years. Um, really? So, really? yeah, sort of don't like a bit traumatised, don't really <laughs> talking about it. But, yeah, it comes traumatic stress to the client, mm. yeah. But generally and, and currently we, we have a, an amazing roster of people that I love working with, so, yeah. Do you find that you're now in a place where you will just say, like you? I think you mentioned it, I just won't engage, I'm like a psychiatrist, I can kind of suss it out Absolutely. in the very beginning. Mm-mm. Got it. Mm-hmm. And do they ever react to the fact that you won't take it on? Has, oh, or have no, you I'll been be, very diplomatic? I'll be diplomatic. Yeah, got it. Yeah. I won't I say, figured. you look like a psycho. I'm not. I'll just say, look, we're too busy at the moment. It's <gasps> quite... <laughs> yeah. Um, what's one wild work story that people don't know about? Yeah, so I, I do have one, actually. I had a um, kind of a bad egg working for me, Um really bad. It worked for me for quite a while and was oh. basically sitting at his desk robbing me blind. He was a <laughs> criminal. Are you serious? I'm actually serious, yeah. And it went on for a long time. How did you find out? I caught him in a lie at the end. I caught him in a very obvious lie. Um, wow. And my husband's like, well, you know, maybe if you sort of call him out and then, you know, he'll become, you know, very loyal. But hang on, not only have I caught him in a lie, but Everything he says is going to happen falls through. He wasn't a designer. He worked in another department. Everything falls through. Um, so we, we let him go and then, you know, cut him off from his email and then the floodgate opened of just the criminality of this person. <laughs> Terrible. And how, how long had, been, had he been infiltrating your company? A year. I mean, just but the lies, you know. Um, oh. But anyway, he, I turned him into the police and he spent a night in the prison there. Oh, so my that was... Lord. How long ago was this? A couple of years ago. I'm yeah. so sorry. No, There's that's nothing all right. It's, I mean, I can, it's kind of funny in hindsight, but yeah. I've, I have yeah. to tell you, I hired someone uh, who basically stole all my loggers and passwords and I found out she was wanted and oh. in many states, and she was, I was tracking her on my accounts because she was, use, oh. every time I change it, she'd hack in and get the new credentials. So it oh. was, I had to, yeah, it was a year of that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun. And because you, like, people say, well, you know, didn't you know? But, like, my mum says it takes one to know one. <laughs> like, I just couldn't have imagined, I can't have con- conceived of it. So, yeah. I'm sorry. That sounds really <laughs> Kind of a wild horrible. story, if you want a wild story. That's, uh, yeah. That's pretty intense. Um, if there's a dream project you missed out on, if so, what happened? Yes, yeah, so it was towards the beginning of um, opening my office and we were presented with a beautiful um, condo building in Soho. We were about to get the job and then it didn't happen and mm. I was sort of devastated. But then, you know what, a week later and two weeks later we got two more condo projects and there was a couple of big hotels. We were down to the final two and we didn't get it. And then we got the hotel. So I, they just keep coming. It doesn't matter if you lose some. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. If you're not working, Paris, what are you doing? So I'm um, playing with my five-year-old. Yes. Yeah. I love to cook. So I cook on, not after work, but like on the weekends. Yep. And I play Scrabble with my husband and I. I love Scrabble. Scrabble. What's your I, dish, by the way? 
What's the cooking dish? Is it an Australian <sighs> roast chicken meal? Are we talking? Oh, no. No, I'm not, I like doing roast. I made a beautiful peppercorn sauce for with steak oh, on Friday yes. night, like cooking for hours, a mm-hmm. peppercorn sauce. That was nice. Yep. Um, but really anything. Yeah. And I'm obsessed with Great British Bake Off. So I like baking too. <laughs> uh, I wish I could bake. I can cook. I can't bake. Oh, really? I'm lousy. And you're good at it because you're good at I math. Mean, it requires measurement yeah, and actual <laughs> discipline. If you can read, you can bake. You just follow it. <laughs> That's what I, I try. My daughter's like, Mom, this is really bad. I'm like, okay, just throw it away. It's fine. Um, and I like watching ballet. And I'm so impressed that you were a professional dancer. I'm thank like, you. I'm blown away. That's oh. God. It takes a very rare talent, more than just determination. I have to tell you, when I go and I try and swing a leg now, no, I'm like, impossible. I can't believe we, I even did this. It's like, what was I thinking? Oh, that's right. I wasn't. I was just doing. Well, you're probably all injured now, right? Are you? Totally. Yeah, I mean, but you know yeah. what? It hurts more not to do it oh, yeah. than it does to do it. Yeah. Because your body just gets more and more. Do you find now that you do something to keep it moving? Yes. What yeah. do you do? I do I do those high intensity crazy equinox classes. Where I'm go, like girl. go beetroot red. <laughs> I'm always dying at the end of it. But no, just the oxygen flows. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I try to do and then it's just like honey give up. For me it's like stop it. Um there's so much product on the market right now that's starting to get absorbed. We're down 29% in inventory. As a designer, how important is it for you to differentiate your projects in order for them to be successful? Yeah, I mean, I don't think um, differentiating is the right word, but just applying rigor in every project, listening to the brokers, listening to what the client wants. Um, and, you know, every dimension, every light fixture, like you really have to um, like it, just be rigorous and stay on top of the contractor and making sure there's a beautiful end product. Um, but, yeah, I don't look left or right or, you know, see what people around me are doing. Just keep... Keep your designs beautiful. You use this word rigor. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting term. Explain rigor to you, um, to me, as how you just, see it. I guess infusing um, thoughtfulness in every decision, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. looking at it from, from below and above and left and right and, you know, not making a, uh, you know, careless yeah, decision. Everyone, every decision we make is very thought through. Um yeah, I guess that's bigger. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, if you weren't an interior designer, what would you have done? Yeah, so do you know I wanted to be a ballet dancer? <laughs> um, well, you, you were good. I was good, but like I said, to, to make it, you have to be an absolute rarity. No, you have to be nuts. Yeah. Uh, hello, my okay. name is Frances. <laughs> Did you have did you have extension? Were you a jumper? Yeah. Oh. No, a dodge. Oh God! I what wish about I you? I was not. I was a jumper. They oh. called me the kangaroo because okay. I could jump, but I couldn't get my legs up that much to the side. The back was okay. The front was really arabesque. good. Yeah, great arabesque yeah. and ponche. But my seconds were they sucked. They were not great. Hard, right? <laughs> but you had adage, didn't you? You could yeah. get them up to your ears. Well, not exactly, but <sighs> yeah, tried to. Did um, you have the feet, the spoons? I've got really good feet. Oh, God, I have to break my shoes. I'll show you my have... feet. <laughs> that was my signature. <laughs> so, so jealous. And did you have strong feet for point? No, I mean, it's harder when you've got good yes. feet. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, they bend over, but, um, but yeah, so. How come I didn't cross paths with you? That's God. funny, right? Seriously. Um, but then... Yeah, so the ballet didn't work. I would like, I like clothes. Like I would like to be, I think a fashion designer would be a fun job. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
now the fashion's all weird. Do you see your children following in your footsteps? Your son? Um, I'm Oliver's <laughs> five, so... That's my son's name. Oh, really? Oliver. Cute. <laughs> and he's three? He's three. Oh, so Yeah, cute. the best. Um, <laughs> uh, I, he was playing at um, Hippo Park the other day with his friend. That's where we go. <laughs> We're like neighbours, right? Stop it. Um, and his Noah's mum was like Paris. Oliver was like they were making beds on the with all the pine needles, and Oliver said to Noah, "Okay, now I need to decorate the guest bedroom." So I'm like, like That's maybe really will. amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us about some of your upcoming projects that you're working on. Okay, so um, we're doing, like I said, a, a, a 400 room hotel in Budapest. That's like so, massive. Yeah, that's a lot of work. <laughs> Are you flying there a lot? I, I just went for the first time a week or two ago. So, Did you love um, it? Yeah, loved it. I danced there. I really? loved it in Gyor. They have a decent ballet company. They do. Yeah. It's amazing. Wow. So, um, but I'll be going more. Obviously, we couldn't travel during COVID. Did you drink the Tokai? No. You didn't do the Petonios? That's the very sweet satan type of drink. And oh, they have nice. different sugar levels that'll get you whooped before you even know that it. That sounds nice. It's great. Highly Next recommend. Time. Yep. Yep. Um, and then we're installing two beautiful townhouses this December. One is on the Upper West Side, one's in the West Village. We're doing a house in Austin. Gosh. Build, we've, Big building in Miami. There's a lot on. So how do you do all of that? I mean, how are you going? You're just micromanaging it remotely and then you're looking at the plans and then you're trusting your team to execute it. I don't have to micromanage everyone, but um, I have some really great um, principal designers. Kate Emmons, who's been with me forever, is amazing. Um, But yeah, it's a lot, but, you know, make it happen, (laughs) make it work. And what happens if you go, uh, go past the deadline? What happens? What happens all the time. Does it? Yeah. And then how do you manage that? I mean, with COVID especially, I mean, how did you mitigate getting the client on on top of it? I mean, what can you do, right? Yeah, so much is out of our control, right? And we have to explain that to everyone. (laughs) But, you know, everything goes over schedule and budget. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! All right, so here it is. What is your greatest vice, Paris? Gosh, I don't know if I should say that on a podcast. Oh, Um, come on. I'll be modest. I'll say, oh, like I tend to procrastinate. I know that's boring. <laughs> Very. I have, a, I have a too hard basket, which I put a lot of stuff in. Um, I love that too what, hard basket. Yeah, too hard. <laughs> Nancy Wrighty loved that. She's it's brilliant. Just, yeah. Oh. Um, but I don't know. Like at the end of the day, I definitely like to go home and have a gin and tonic. So good girl. <laughs> in this environment, right? Maybe one or two. <laughs> I I want to thank you for your time and for coming in and for being so straight up. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Francis. Thank you. you. (laughs) 